from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, Ipswich councillors remain divided over the future of council's media policy, a policy first introduced relatively recently under administration and has since been through the ringer, with some councillors clearly trying to limit the amount of publicity afforded the mayor while boosting their own stocks in the media. In this episode, I take you behind the scenes of media policies and procedures at Ipswich City Council since 2003, and what is the difference between a council policy and procedure? It's Friday, September 16, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. At the August meeting of Ipswich City Council, some time was devoted to further changes in Council's media policy. Before I get to this, it's important to understand the difference between a Council procedure and policy. Simply, a policy is a resolution of Council voted on by councillors and a procedure guides operations and is approved by the CEO or department head. Ipswich City Council Media Branch operated under a media procedure largely unchanged during the period I worked for Council as media manager from 2003. I can only recall two small changes in that 16 years, which were made in consultation with the CEO and councillors of the day. The procedure allowed for a degree of flexibility, and while not perfect, it took a common-sense approach with the Mayor or Deputy Mayor making any final decisions on who should be quoted when there were disagreements behind the scenes. The problem I see with the current media policy is that it is too rigid, and frankly a nightmare for council officers whose job includes writing council media releases and responding to media inquiries. If there must be a policy, it should simply refer to a current media procedure, which then can be tweaked easily without the need for every little change to go before a council meeting. So why are today's councillors so tied up in knots over a media policy? Comments made at the August 25 meeting of council might help explain the reasons, starting with Councillor Marnie Doyle. Um, just want to revisit the, the framework that's referred to. Um, it, it is actually silent on the role of elected representatives throughout that process. It's, it's very, you know, my view is it's very operational and organisation centric and needs a lot of work, I guess, to really define the role of elected reps, in my view. Um, and if we look at the, the policy this year that was um, adopted, I note that it was, I think, the fourth uh, draft policy uh, presented to us as councillors. One um, earlier version, I'd gone to great lengths to provide my feedback um, and, and, you know, all of a sudden it was no longer relevant and we were being presented with a brand new policy. So I'm not um, convinced or, or satisfied that we have appropriate um, procedures and guidelines in place. I am, um, I, I really want to be um, supportive of, you know, going forward, we develop that, but at the moment it's not developed from a from an elected rep's point of view. So until such time as we've got the appropriate framework in, in place, I'm not supportive of B. In those comments, Councillor Doyle was referring to recommendation B in the latest policy presented to Council. 
This recommendation included consulting widely in the future about any changes with stakeholders such as the media. It was voted down by councillors. Councillor Paul Tully added to the negative voices on this second recommendation. Uh, My concern with this um, is in relation to the consultation where there's um, matters which are not very specific. uh, And and it requires, if this motion were to be carried, um, consultation even even over minor changes or technical changes or changes uh, which are not necessarily of great substance. it talks about subject matter experts. Um, I'm not sure what that might include. It could include a whole range of people, councils, media and communications branch. Um, yes, well, that makes sense, including councillors would also make sense. Um, local media stakeholders, how broad is that? Local media stakeholders might be the three newspapers um, in Ipswich, it could be River 949, it could be the ABC, which has a presence in the city. But it could also be all of the radio and television stations which uh, their licences cover the city of Ipswich and their broadcasting rights. Um, It could cover newspapers such as the Courier Mail and the Australian which circulate in the the city. I think it's very broad, very time consuming and would, um, if this were to be carried, would prevent council from making a a decision to amend the policy um, at short notice if if that was uh, required. I'm also concerned um, uh, talking about uh, industry, best industry practice. I think that sort of suggests that local government is an industry, which it's not. Local government is a representative body in Queensland. There are 77 councils in in our state. Um, Most people would see us as a a legitimate tier of government um, under the Australian uh, system. And uh, rather than describing us as an industry um, or industry uh, practice, the amendment we've already carried today, I, I think, is, is sufficient at this stage. And um, I just think it's um, probably going too far. Um, and, and how do we assess those comments? You know, would the fourth estate be then deciding, in, in essence, um, uh, what our policy should be? Um, and there is a conflict of interest. There's no doubt there'd be a conflict of interest for, for, for the media. Um, who have different aims and objectives, and I'm not saying that in any negative sense at all, but um, we are a uh, government in our own right, albeit one created under the Local Government Act, and we should decide uh, our own internal policies. Councillor Nicole Jonick added her concerns. I believe the policy that we have for media and comms has still um, got a way to go to reflect what the elected reps truly want. Um, and when it comes to culture, it doesn't always respond to the written word in predictable ways. So, because culture is an experience, so it can't be made explicit. Uh, it can't be codified into rules or standards or practices. Uh, when you reduce culture to uh, charts, handbooks, protocols, manuals, and policies, um, it can be measured and managed, but the culture kind of trumps any policy. So I think that we've got a lot of work to do in that area. Um, not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that be, can be counted counts. The ongoing media policy debate appears to have uncovered a bigger issue, and that is councillors' role in drafting all council policies. 
Councillor Jacob Madsen. I speak in support of the commentary provided this morning by Councillor Doyle. I think she's bang on the money. The um, Council's Policy and Procedure Management Guide completely undersells the role of councillors under legislation and I see that as a bit of work that the Governance and Transparency Committee will have to sink their teeth into in due course. Um, it is worth talking about the history of this media policy. I gave very robust feedback on the original one. Um, the original media policy that we had here at Council was quite poor in my opinion and I'm happy to openly state that. Um, I am passionate about good public policy. Um, now, in regards to the process of that being reformed, um, that was problematic, and we do need to be better at that when we reform policy into the future. Um, so let's learn from it, and let's have a look at this guide and see what we can do um, to ensure that we are appropriately included in new policy as the elected members of our community to make decisions. Um, I'm a big fan of democracy, quite open about that, also a big fan of the Westminster system. So the, any policy that the council has, it's, it's something for the councillors to review to see if it's creating the best interest to the council. Um, I vote for the changes to the media policy earlier this year. We're in the best interests of council. Um, no surprises there to anyone. Um, so, yet again, I'll reiterate, speak in support of what Councillor Doyle said, um, open to looking at this policy and procedure management guide, um, but we need to get a better grasp of good government. Um, that's a phrase that's not talked about enough here. Um, we are a government, not a corporation, and um, looking forward to the future and what it brings. Being in public office requires a healthy belief in yourself, a thick skin, and keeping your name before the public. The Mayor of the Day naturally gets more media coverage. This is not uncommon across local government. It's true that all councillors are created equal. However, some like to be more equal than others. But the reality is the Mayor of the Day is often the logical council spokesperson and is often the person the media come calling on for a comment on various issues. In other words, the media want a Mayor's comment and not a stand-in. Should councillor relationships become fractured from time to time, Petty jealousies can cause issues, and hence we've witnessed media policy changes with the aim of sharing the media coverage love with all councillors. The result of these changes means we're now seeing media releases with multiple spokespersons included, which in turn makes the releases excessively long, and while not obvious to media consumers, it makes the releases very media unfriendly. I've also witnessed firsthand the pressure that can be applied to a CEO when a small group of councillors become very unhappy with the media staff in council on the alleged basis that the mayor of the day gets too much support and coverage. And a final comment. Councillors are independently elected representatives of the community. They are certainly free to make comments and issue their own statements to the media at any time, provided they're not releasing confidential information or breaking any other laws. The most recent example of that is Paul Tully going against a council decision to approve a fast food outlet in Queen Street, Goodner. You can read this story in full in the Ipswich Tribune. Over several decades, he has developed his own relationships with journalists, and I'm sure it won't be the last time he communicates directly with the media and not rely exclusively on the services provided by council officers. For more on the media policy, look for the minutes of the August 25 meeting on council's website or watch the meeting on demand through Council's YouTube channel.
Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.